0: This is a pivotal conversations podcast.
1: Whereas if you're investing in the long-term fundamentals, you don't necessarily have to check it as as frequently. So, well, there's
0: people who are watching it like a hawk, um, thinking that they're going to be able to time like when the best time to sell is, because there's always a narrative that you sell high and you buy low, but oftentimes, like you never can predict when it's going to be the high, when it's going to be the low, uh, and so when you start to play that game, that's when you get burnt.
1: Ladies and gents, we are here officially for the very first episode of the Investors Podcast. So this is something we're going to trial. We're going to we're going to bring it in. Um, something we've we've been seeing that um, people want to learn. They want to they want to understand it um, from the messages that I get, and you know some feedback from people that listen to the podcast. Um, so we're really excited to have this conversation, and and that's why we're, we've got a new regular. We've got a new—he's cemented his spot on the couch. Um, the nice new brown leather couches that we've got, it's, he's got his spot, um, and that is Braden Cook. So what I might do is I might let Brado introduce himself a little bit and just dive into his his journey. Uh, you know, so give you guys a bit of an insight into who he is and and why he. Is sitting on the couch uh, and uh, we can then dive into why invest, right? What is investing? Well, why would we do it? And and we'll kind of dive into some of those deeper questions. But Bredo, welcome. Um, Thanks, officially, man. you've been on the podcast before, so pe- some people, some people might times, recognize yeah. you. Um, but now you're a regular. Cheers, <laughs> <Jeez>, mate. <laughs> We've stepped up to the big leagues. He's, he's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, tell, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, um, for those of you who may maybe don't know, or for those of, for those people out there that maybe don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, my name's Brayden, and uh, <laughs>
0: uh, I've been doing this now for shit, a long time, since I was 16, actually. So it's kind of funny to How see old it. are you now? I'm 30. Jeez. Uh, 14 years. Getting so old, it's kind no? of funny seeing... Um, all these young kids investing on Wall Street bets and whatnot, because it's kind of exactly what I did, but I didn't have those sort of platforms to go off last time, so, uh, yeah, it's all um, basically been self-taught, because I didn't really have that influence uh, growing up. Um, no one around me was investing or anything like that, but it's just something that I happened to pick up in my economics classes back in the day, and... Um, it's just something that I've stuck to ever since.
1: I think that's a I mean like that's a really important point because I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. You mm. know, you said that you never had those conversations, you never had that influence and I no. think that's that's a big reason as what we're really trying to do with this podcast now is to bring conversations to the table that I didn't have, you didn't have, mm. that you know Reese didn't have as well and and allow people to sit in on those conversations because it's, it is those conversations that are life-changing. Mm. Yeah, like there's particular conversations that you can always go back and pinpoint in your life that really change things for you. So whether it's a business perspective, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's you know character, maybe it's personal to you and and you know who you are and who you want to be. Mm. Um, so I think that's a really good point and, and again, I, I just wanted to, to nail that because I think that's what really what we're trying to do here and it's mm. probably, uh, you know, why you're sitting there, right? It's yeah, like yeah. to be able to have these conversations. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I, I guess I got lucky because I lived in Hong Kong for quite a while and um, I've, always been, I've always been someone who's read the newspapers and that sort of thing and I would always read the newspaper over there and the newspaper over in Hong Kong, is it recording? <laughs> um, the newspaper over in Hong Kong depicts just about everything. So there's always um, always a lot of blood and gore and they just go into high detail about every topic. So that was always something that my mum and I would always talk about over the dinner table every night. Uh, and Hong Kong being the financial hub of China, uh, there was always uh, economics and that sort of thing or money-related uh, topics. So I guess I did have... Uh, something in regards to investments uh, as a conversation growing up, but then that's what really spurred on um, this interest. And I, I honestly got so lucky finding the thing that I'm passionate about at a very young age. I understand that that's not something that most people find until a lot later in life, if not ever. So, yeah, very lucky.
1: What, so, uh, So... I mean, and that's—I think—that's—that's that's the difference, right? This is a passion for you. It's not mm. something where you're just sitting there looking. I mean, like building wealth is something that—it's—it's it's conscious, and we're choosing to do so. But I think for you, it's a little bit more than that, you know. I think, mm. like from knowing you and obviously having conversations, I think it is your passion, you know. You. Mm. That's the thing you most enjoy, you know. You, if I see you sitting on a couch just looking at your phone, I know it's not social media, <laughs> no. like most people, right? And I yeah. think, like, and and usually was on Yahoo
0: Finance or <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think, and I mean, like, it's for for those people out there, like, it's 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 not going to be their passion, right? No. And it's and I think that's the difference between doing it as a profession, which is what you do, um, compared to. Obviously, investing to try and build wealth. so I would say that that's the difference with mm-hmm. me right it's like I'm, I'm really doing it to get my money working for me. I know it plays a massive role in other parts of my life mm-hmm. so i do I do enjoy it actually I, I really enjoy it, but it's mm-hmm. not my profession and nowhere near but um, so it's
0: something that once you you start to get a little bit of success in that's when you develop that interest and something that you then pursue a little bit more. And that's when you start to look at more of the individual companies and what it is that they're actually doing and that sort of thing. And that's how you stimulate that growth in learning about it all. But from the start, like you just need to get started. And I guess
1: that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, so, um, okay, so first of all, what is investing? Right, so so you know, I know that there's different types of investments, and maybe you can rattle off the different types that there are out there. Um, but what what is investing?
0: Investing is basically uh, putting your money to use into some sort of vehicle that uh, will grow your wealth uh, outside of cash. Um, and yeah, as you said, there's all different types that you can invest into. There's stocks, there's ETFs, uh, there's cryptocurrency, there's property. Um, There's property trusts, there's superannuation, uh, there's bonds as well. So those are the the main types Um, and I guess it it comes down to your risk profile and and what suits you better and how passive you want to be or how active you want to be as well. Uh, But you need to then just determine which one suits you and what you're comfortable with but it kills me when people have money sitting in cash. Because it's just it's currently not doing anything,
1: obviously. Yeah. So, so like, what's the difference then between say a property investment and something like a stock or a cryptocurrency?
0: The difference is one's tangible and the other's intangible. But the thing that uh, most people don't actually understand when it comes to investing in stocks is you actually are a part owner in that company. But people don't look at it like that. They they sort of look at it like they're they're paper trading. Um, rather than actually owning a piece of a business. So a lot of people will do a lot of research when it comes to investing in a property because it's this big thing that you can, obviously like you can touch and uh, whatnot and they'll do all their research into the suburb. They'll do their research into getting the finance required and all those sort of things. But when it comes to buying a company, they don't do the same thing. Mm. But if you were to go out and buy say a cafe, you're gonna do your due diligence, aren't you? Mm You know, but people don't do the same thing when, when it comes to stocks. Um, so when you're just starting out, it probably is better to just buy into an ETF, an exchange-traded fund. That way, you get a basket of um, all of the great companies that are actually generating quite a lot of money, uh, and then that's a good way of getting diversified as well and getting
1: exposure into the markets. It's low risk. You know, when you don't have the skill set and the knowledge there, it's it's obviously you can rely on someone else. Exactly,
0: people and will people often look to the ones that have been winning uh, quite well. So here in Australia, it's like an afterpay. Um, and yes, it makes sense to invest in those sort of companies, but you have to understand that there's a lot more volatility. And if you're not going to invest that uh, for the long term, often you get caught up in seeing all the red days. Uh, and uh, I guess you're not really listening to the actual narrative of what this company is doing for um, the future and how we look to transact uh, and and that sort of thing. So that's where people get caught out and this is why people lose money investing in
1: the share market. Yeah, so I think like another thing that I, I, would, I would add to that is like liquidity, right? So mm-hmm. it's like often when you're buying a house, I think the reason why most people have cash sitting there is like you've got the Australian dream or even it happens in America too where it's like you've got to save up all of this cash to invest into a property uh, and... That's why most people just sit in cash the whole time. But the difference between, say, investing in a property and investing in a stock or a cryptocurrency is liquidity, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's much harder to sell, buy and sell houses. Yeah, it'll take months if not years. Whereas stocks, you can, you can probably, you know, have that transition within a seven-day period.
0: Yeah, well, there's only a two-day settlement period. So if
1: you sell today, you'll get your money in two days. Yeah. It's that simple. So I think, and I think like that's that's a really key point, right, is that, you know, we talk about building wealth and, in it, you know, you mentioned it before, building wealth is simply getting money to work for you. But I think a lot of people, because one thing I hear a lot is I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, it just seems so technical. And mm-hmm. like, I think even I had that mindset probably two years ago, three years ago. Um, and in reality, it looks technical because you've got numbers and lines and graphs. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like, that's not... But that's,
0: that's Wall Street just trying to make it look harder than what it actually is. And they've created all these different uh, innovative tools to help them uh, leverage the markets and uh, create more wealth. But if we just peel the layers back and, and get to its ultimate, like grassroots, you just want to be a, a long term borrower and holder. So look at a company that uh, you really like, a company that you're, you understand. And if you put your money into that company, over the long run, you'll make money. It's that simple. Over the course of, say, 20 years, you're pretty much guaranteed to make money if you invest in a, a really good business. Um, whereas, yeah, Wall Street and these sort of uh, professional investors, they make it really difficult, and the media as well. Uh, they love to highlight days where the markets are down, and they create this fear, um, and this is what causes people to sell out of investments uh, when they shouldn't, or they've uh, they've over leveraged themselves, and they've put them into a position where they need that money straight away. Uh, so it should always you should always make sure that you've got enough money there to cover your everyday expenses, have an emergency fund, those sort of things, uh, so that you don't have to draw down on that money in case there is a, a big drop. But you just have to realize that over the course of time, that will eventually recover. Um, market. Uh, drops and bear markets, these sort of things, they're completely normal. Uh, They get a lot of the leverage out of the markets as well. So they they create a safer environment. Uh, And there's also a lot of innovation that comes from those times as
1: well. So I want to go back to something you said, and you talked about uh, investing in a good business. So what are some of the things, you know, if somebody's out there right now and they want to go and yeah, start investing. What are some of the things that they should look for, and what are and and how do they find those things as well?
0: So I would start off with the companies that you use the most. So, an example that I had is um, back in say like 2009, we were uh, starting to carry around iPhones and these sort of things, um, and then the, like people had say maybe a Mac uh, computer, and then uh, the App Store and these sort of things uh, started coming out. The more and more that these things became prevalent in our lives, that should be something that you uh, should consider investing into. Same applies with like a Woolworths or I wouldn't recommend investing in one of the banks, but these sort of companies that you're familiar with that generate quite a lot of money um, because they're often a lot safer, they're more, they're proven uh, as opposed to uh, chasing that growth narrative with your, um, your technology companies. But that's probably the best way to get started, uh, in my opinion, is to look for these companies that do generate quite a lot of cash. They've been around for a long while. Uh, They've got good management team in place. Uh, They've got strong balance sheets. All these sort of things are uh, things that you'll learn over time as you begin to watch how the markets play out. Uh, And once you do become an owner in these companies, you'll start to um, probably pay a little bit more attention to um, their regular trading Uh, and what's actually going on with those
1: companies, but until you get that exposure, you'll never know. Yeah, definitely. I think like one of the things, I mean, and and I definitely probably don't go to the depths that you do, but I think one of the things that, or or those three things that you mentioned is like leadership, product, uh, and balance sheet, right? So, you know, who's the leader of the company? You know, can you trust them? Are they well known? Do they have a proven record? being able to read the balance sheet. Are they cash flow positive? If they're not, you know, do they manage their cash well? Uh, And then obviously the product. And and that goes back to what you said. Is it usable? You know, Mm -hmm. like, do I use it? Is it something that I see will become prevalent in the future? Uh, Is it futuristic in a sense? Like, Mm -hmm. is it going, is it on the downward spiral or is it, is it? Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. It's Kyle. I just wanted to jump on here and remind you guys that every single month, The podcast is going to be running a competition on behalf of elite vitality business school where we are offering you a spot into our newest course the diploma of fitness business now all you have to do is take a photo of the episode that you're listening to give myself a tag give reese livingston a tag and give pivotal conversations a tag and tell us exactly what you're loving about the episode that you're listening to or your biggest learning and that'll go into our inbox, and then every single month we're going to be drawing a winner and giving away a spot into the next intake of the course. Back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You know something new that's coming in that's we're seeing that usability. So, and, and that's a really easy way because, and, and that's why I really I really fell in love with it at at one point because it went from this thing where I had to know numbers and I had to be able to read a graph and all this to now this is just business fundamentals. That's yeah. it, exactly.
0: If you focus on the fundamentals, you'll
1: learn all that other stuff as you progress. And it's great from a business perspective. Like if you own a business, I think it's one of the best hobbies that you can pick up because it teaches you a lot of how you, a, a professional business should run and you mm. can learn from these mistakes that other people have
0: made. Because these are tried and proven businesses that generate a lot of money in comparison to our own businesses. you know. So we can take a lot of those lessons that... Um, well, and mistakes that they've made, and apply that to your own business as well. And so, oftentimes, I'll look at a business, and I'll go back into their history as well, and I'll try to find out a little bit more about them, um, because then you can sort of follow that journey, and then it
1: gives you more of a picture to uh, why they are where they are today. So, where so for so where do we find these things, right? So, so like it's it's like yeah, all of that sounds great, but I think one of the things that people I know a lot of the questions I get, and and I'll be honest, I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, so where do we start? You know, like, where do we find this stuff? You know, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about balance sheets. We're talking about understanding the product. Like, where do people go to find these things? And and is there anything that you recommend for people to get started? Yeah,
0: so there's there's a whole bunch of different resources um, that you can go to. Firstly, you could always go to the company website. There's always an investor section and there's a whole bunch of information that you can find in there. I mean, going through annual statements and all that sort of thing, a lot of the time it'll be way too overwhelming, Uh, but that is the first place that you can go. Otherwise, um, any sort of news um, article, uh, basically you can go to um, the Australian Australian Financial Review, you could go to one of the big uh, news publishers like a Sydney Morning Herald or The Age or whatever, Um, but then you've got other ones like... um, You've got Yahoo Finance as well. A great place to sort of find very basic information. There's the Motley Fool, um, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. But they, this is the place that you need to start. You start need to start looking at different um, articles and and getting a sense of what um, the the business section is doing and and what uh, is actually playing out in the economy and that sort of thing. That's probably the best way. But if you want, as I said earlier, if, you, like, if all of that is just too much or something that doesn't interest you, you need to start
1: off with an ETF. Yeah, 100%. I think one of the things for me was like Yahoo Finance, 100%, just building out a watch list there. And then what happens is you can actually it actually puts all the articles relevant to that watch list Mm. uh, in a feed that you can then just scroll through, have a click and and read all these different articles. I know for me that was massive. It was like, instead of having to source it, it's sourced for me and then I just, you know, I'm allocating time in my diary every morning, just half an hour to Mm. read, you know, maybe two or three articles Mm -hmm. and and get an understanding and then it's the compound effect. The more you do that, the more knowledge and kind of you're picking up patterns and Mm. you're starting to see well, that's been mentioned a few times, this one's been mentioned a few times in either a positive or a negative light, and Mm. you can start to get a gauge of what a good company is and some of these decisions that they make, but also, you know, potentially what you can invest in.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. That's actually a really good point. If you do build a watch list on, say, a Yahoo Finance or something and actually pay attention to those businesses every single day, uh, even if it's just, like, you look at one article or something uh, about that company, you start to... Uh, compound that knowledge, uh, and that's uh, the best way to quickly learn this sort of stuff. And the more you follow them day to day, the more you actually start to understand what these businesses do, uh, and you start to understand whether they're doing well or they're not as well. But, and also, it, it's very key to not sort of uh, look into what um, the analysts are saying uh, the company is worth, so it's a, a good point to not focus on the actual price of a company either because that can sort of
1: get you into trouble as well. You want to actually understand what these businesses are doing, price comes later. It's, it's such a good point, because I remember when I first started, and I can probably say anyone who's invested a dollar of their money, even if it's a dollar, once you're invested and you've got skin in the game... Oh, you need
0: skin in the game. That's that's where it changes for you. The sooner you've got skin in the game, the
1: more you actually start to appreciate what this thing is. But also, you know, as soon as you've got skin in the game, that's where that fucking dopamine comes over you and you just you know you get like I, I know there was a point for me where I was checking my stocks I'd the, the bit like I'd wake up at like 4 a.m and sometimes like I, if I'm going for a, going to the toilet you know at night I've checked my, my stocks because yeah. the American market wakes up but it's like you, as soon as you get that skin in the game you know uh, and you've got something on the line it's very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day and mm-hmm. you know now it's like I just I still check them but uh, you know I'm I'm not ridiculously, you know, refreshing and refreshing and going through. Which well, da- there's a
0: there's a meme going around where it's like um, that at ed- day to day price of my portfolio, it e- like leads to or
1: equals my ac- uh, my happiness. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's it is one of those things, and I think you, you're gonna go through it because I think that's everybody has it. Like I still go through phases where I'm very, very kind of eyes on, and then some fa- times I'm just like not, in, I'm not looking at it whatsoever because, and but a lot of it comes down to those fundamentals, yeah. Like, I think if if you're invested in long-term companies and, and some really great companies out there, it, you know, you don't necessarily need to check them. Like, you, you already know uh, a lot of uh, their functionalities and their mm. fundamentals are going to be there. And I think it's an even bigger reason where people look at investing and the way you look at it, if you're going to look at it as something that's going to try to make you money really quickly, you're going to have to check it you know more frequently whereas if you're investing in the long-term fundamentals you don't necessarily have to check it as as frequently so well there's
0: people who are watching it like a hawk um thinking that they're going to be able to time like when the best time to sell is because there's always a narrative that you sell high and you buy low but oftentimes like you never can predict when it's going to be the high when it's going to be the low uh and so when you start to play that game that's when you get burnt because there's always things that you don't actually understand or realise is happening in the market that can cause the price to go up and down on any given day. And so this is why I I always uh, try to promote uh, this whole uh, buy and hold uh, and hold for the long term, hold for at least three years, you know, because then you're also not paying taxes if you do happen to make a gain. Uh, And then you're not also having to force yourself to sell out uh, during a time when it is low. Um, because that's when you obviously um, Lose make the mistakes. Yeah, exactly. But I also then think it's crucial to go through those periods too. If you can get through a period where the market is down and come out unscathed, knowing that you've done the right things, you've been buying during that time as well, that's when you know you're starting to develop uh, an investor's
1: mindset and a winning mindset as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely crucial. Like, I, I, I think the... I mean, I can, I can look back and I can go Webjet going down 80%, although not my fault, like COVID didn't even no. really speculate there. Yeah. But losing that money made me really go, hang on, like that's the first time I lost a lot of money. I think it went down 75%. Yeah, and that so hurts. I lost, and I'm like, Phew, yeah. like that could happen at any time. Yeah. And the more I speculate, the greater the chance there. And you know what? I still did it. Like Mm. I still speculated since. And I can tell you like the only times I've lost a lot of money is when I've had a mate message me about an oil stock that's at (laughs) 40 cents and going, hey, this is a rip. I get into it. And then you buy at the top and all of a sudden the next day, like it goes down 70% and you're like, "Uh." This is because you didn't do any research on the company. You
0: didn't know anything about it. And you took a a hot tip from someone who – Also, probably took a hot tip from someone else who had no idea, and so you're buying into a not so great company clearly, uh, and this is how you get burnt. I think my my first my second ever business that I bought into was Santos, which is the oil company here in Australia. I think I lost 40% on that as my first ever trade. Uh, basically, in the market, and shit, that was a learning experience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. 100%. And I sold out. And that's the only time you actually lose money is when you sell. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: uh, and that's like, I mean, I'm the same, right? Like, I've sold out a Webjet. Sold out a Webjet. Like, Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Like, I'd rather take my losses. Um.
0: But that that's a skill within itself as well. If you could recognize that you made it a mistake and you realize that there's a, probably a better place for you to put your money, that's also. Uh,
1: a a good decision to make too. My mindset more is just I oh, fucking hate this thing. <laughs> I don't want to have to look at it yes. on a regular basis. Get out of my portfolio. Yeah. I, and that's that's just that's not like you know that's probably not a great but investing because hack you, as well, no, right? but it's yeah. like I don't give a fuck. I'm <laughs> I'm not looking at you. You've just you're red and I don't like you. <laughs> and yeah.
0: I've I've got companies on my in my portfolio that are red currently, but I'm invested in them for the long run. Yeah. You know? And so I, don't, I actually don't care that they're down because I'm not planning on selling them anytime soon. I know that in the future, these companies are going to be great and they're going to be uh, producing a lot of money and they're going to be doing something good for society. And so and the, oftentimes when they're in the red is a perfect time to buy because you're getting them at a, a discounted price. 100%. Um. And which is different to going out and buying uh, a t-shirt on sale. Because you're not actually
1: getting anything for your money, really. Yeah, but I think, like, you know, um, I mean, we talked, and, like, the next question is going to probably be a a fair conversation, Um, so I'm going to wait to go there. But I think, like, it's interesting, like, a lot of people, when you mention crypto, at the moment even, like, you know, um, I I posted something on my story the other day, and, you know, I'm invested, and, and I know you are too, but it's funny, like, the questions I get is, like, oh, like... You know what coins are you invested in, mm-hmm. or like, and then like someone will mention Doge, right? And I'm like, no, no, like I'm not invested in Doge. Um, and it's interesting, right? Because it's like that's the the mentality that you can carry when you speculate like that, and yeah. it's it's crazy, right? Like, there was a part of me the other day that said, oh, like you know, should I flirt with it, right? And then it's like, like I quickly slap myself in the in the face, and it's like because if I did, guess what? I would have invested at ninety cents. It's at 53 today. Like, that's a 50% drop yeah, or close to about 40% drop. But it's like, you know, I only know that because I've been burnt before. Mm. And it's like, you know, you could just imagine the investors that probably jumped on the bandwagon of Mm. Elon going on Saturday Night Live, going, this thing's going to pop. And because that's a speculation, it's not built on fundamentals. They get burnt and now they're 40% down. And I think the conversation we just had then and what's going on with Doge, Altcoins, and even happens with stocks as well, you know, like penny stocks and these kind of things. Like I think, I think, you know, sometimes it's okay to have a little dabble, right? But you know, it's nothing more than five to ten percent of your portfolio. Um, you know, I was listening to Rail Power, Rail Power, yeah, yeah, last night, and and you know, he's five percent altcoins, you know, and and but I think it's a good example of like when you get a little bit more uh, experienced, I would say that you know. You can, you can probably afford to give that five percent, and sometimes you don't have there's to. Nothing... Like I know you're not, but you yeah. know I, I'm invested in um, one altcoin, which is probably, oh man, it's le- it'd probably be like a half a percent of my total portfolio. But there's now.
0: nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with putting say five percent of your worth into something that uh, you're going to speculate is going to grow quickly, um, because that that is a, a a tried and true way of actually. Um, building wealth you know but so long as the 95 percent is in something that you actually believe in and you're willing to hold the long term Mm. that's fine Um, and I've done that in the past as well and I still do to this day Um, put them in companies that they're not tried and tested but they've got a narrative around them and they've got access to cheap uh, capital as well uh, that they can use to try and grow as quickly as they can Mm. but yeah when it comes to these altcoins it it's one of those things you're just chasing FOMO and don't get me wrong, like I, I, I feel that too uh, because it's going up so quickly but fundamentally they've got nothing sound about them and by investing in these things, you're proving that you're not really a critical thinker.
2: Yeah,
1: that's a, and that's a really good point, right? It's like, speculation happens in everything right and i think like critical thinking is a skill that um, crosses over into many different realms and i think your ability to to kind of own that as an identity is is really important for success in general yeah yeah? like being a critical thinker being able to not react on emotion not speculate you know in business speculation is what will cause you to to fail yeah that's what will cause you to go under Mm -hmm. if if you're not looking at your balance sheet if you're spending willy-nilly you know if you're just ba- trying to base a product based on the fact that you like it or you think it's cool rather than there actually being a need for it in society. So mm-hmm. I think it crosses over massively. Um, but the next thing I want to touch on is why someone would invest. And I think this is the crux. I think this is what 95% of people don't understand mm-hmm. is why why should I invest rather than keep my money in cash?
0: You're going to get me into inflation shit. This is going to go for a while. Uh, okay. But it's important because I yeah. think
1: I think a lot of people miss that, and I think like you know, there's people out there now just sitting on a ton of cash, and they don't understand why that can lead or not that it can lead to harm or anything like that. But like, why is there a negative consequence to just purely sitting in cash? Okay.
0: So the reason why is because
1: inflation
0: is chewing away at our purchasing power when it comes to cash uh, because uh, central banks and the banks themselves are printing money at such a rate that it is devaluing or depreciating the value of our cash uh, to the point where the reason why housing is so expensive, the reason why healthcare is so expensive, the reason why uh, your groceries have gone up and petrol has gone up, uh, as opposed to how much money we've got sitting in our uh, our bank accounts and our savings accounts is because of the amount of printing that is going on. And the only reason why they're printing so much is because they've accrued all of this debt. Uh, and the only way to mitigate that debt is by printing more and more debt. And so... The reason why it's so fundamentally important to have your money working for you and and view money as more of a tool and as a resource that you can use to um, accrue wealth is so that you don't get left behind, ultimately. Because if you don't have any skin in the game, you don't realize this every day, uh, like day-to-day sort of thing, but that money is getting less and less valuable. This is why your $0.05 coins, your $0.10 coins all the way up to even your $5 coin. It doesn't buy you anything these days. Mm. You know, you, you can just about barely buy a coffee for $5 anymore. Um, and wages aren't going up anywhere near as much as what they're printing money either. And so this is why it's important to have your money working
1: for you. Yeah, so so I remember we listened to Greg Foss's mm-hmm. um, interview on We Study Billionaires, um, And he kind of mentioned this, that we're in a debt spiral that Mm -hmm. we're not going to get out of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he also mentioned that I think it's about 60% harder for um, people to get into the housing market now Mm -hmm. than what it was for, you know, people like our parents, right? Right. So people that were born, you know, in the 50s, 60s and 70s. -hmm. And one of the things that I think people need to understand with that is it's not that it's not that they're 60% more expensive. It's that the rate of growth from a fixed asset which you know in in, we're talking about housing compared to the rate of growth of wages is that there's about a 60% uh, difference there and that's Mm -hmm. what you're talking about right it's like you know the fact that it's fixed assets are I wouldn't say accruing value they're probably just holding value Mm -hmm. and our money's becoming less and less valuable
0: Mm. um We have to realise, so our central banks and our banks have been printing money since the World Wars. Uh, And throughout that period, um, the the central banks try to keep inflation at 2%. So it often fluctuates um, either uh, below or just above, uh, and that's sort of the mean that they sort of target. But the thing with all the printing of the money, which is behind the scenes... Uh, you don't see it. It's you don't see it. You don't see it, exactly. And the the thing that people also don't realise is central banks only print uh, dollars uh, and cents and and paper money sort of thing, but it's the banks who are the ones who actually... it. Digitising it all and creating money that way. And they're doing that via our deposits uh, and creating leverage and creating more debt. This is how they're doing it. And so... Uh, When you start to think about it in that way, you think, okay, but where is the inflation? Because, yes, we see it. um, We don't really see it in the dollar value. The thing that is inflating has been all of these assets and everyday living um, expenses and utilities and these sort of things. And that's why houses have become so expensive. That's why uh, the price of um, electricity and the price of gas and these sort of things have gone up in value, they've been hyperinflating this whole time uh, and our wages haven't been able to increase um, at, the same rate. at the same rate. And so this is why the value of our dollar has been depreciating over all these years. And so this is why it is so important to have something in the game. Have your money working for you in some capacity. Whether that be, even if it's in property, at least it's it's doing something as opposed to earning 1%
1: in interest in your bank account. Yeah, and I think that's such an important... I mean, that's why I wanted to go into it with you, right? Because I think understanding that, especially as a young person, mm-hmm. like for me, you know, I'm invested in Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm actually not invested... I'm invested in Bitcoin because I think it's going to accrue in value. But more so now, I'm actually invested because I disagree with the ethics of it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like more so than anything, it's like, okay, well... The only way that this is gonna change is if we can get the majority to get into something like Bitcoin, which has all the fundamentals of something that can't be diluted, Mm -hmm. in a sense, right? And it's like, you know, I'm a 27-year-old who is in a pretty good financial position, but I also know that there's 27-year-olds, 22-year-olds, and there's probably two-year-olds at the moment that may not be in the same position as I am right now that are going to suffer a good amount because of that. And the reality is is that the reason again like you said it before they try to control inflation. But really what they're doing is by printing more money they're just trying to hide it. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't show up on the graph. No. Yeah, and it's and it's This is
0: ho- why CPI is such a it's such a waste of an indicator because it doesn't actually apply these sort of things. It doesn't um it doesn't take into account
1: how much they're printing either. Yeah. And, and then again, so it's like, you know, we've got to look at this from an ethics standpoint, from a moral standpoint, right? And just go, okay, why are we only ever looking at what's best right now? Why do, And why do we keep making the same mistakes? Like, why do we keep going through the same things? Like, I haven't seen them, but I do my research and I look at history. It's like, this stuff keeps happening. It does. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we've got to ask ourselves why. Like, why aren't we why aren't we improving the situation, and why are we letting it repeat? And the reality is is there's trust in a system, right? And and again, I'm not just saying Bitcoin, but I'm just, I'm talking about everything, right? Like, the reality is is that why is it so hard for young people to get into the market right now, the housing market, when everything is against you? Yeah, when everything is against you, and I think. For me, that's, that's the bigger issue here and I think it's important and that's why I, like, I really like the idea of having someone like yourself on the podcast because I think these are conversations that are really pivotal and I think it, it, it will help people get an understanding of why they should invest where, no matter what they are investing in, they should be looking to It's invest. a way
0: for you to control your own outcome, your own narrative. You know, and this is why Bitcoin is so important is it takes away um, all of that manipulation that's going on with governments and, and banks and all that sort of thing. And it's, it provides you the chance to actually take responsibility of your own, uh, your own wealth, your own uh, financial freedom and independence and all these
1: sorts of things. I think the biggest thing for me is like I'm working my fucking ass off, right? Mm-hmm. I'm working my ass off mm-hmm. 14 hours a day right? Some days yeah. and, and weekends, you know, I'm from January 2nd this year, I worked every single day, every single day until the end of March. Mm-hmm. No, that's weekends. That's everything. And the reality is, is no matter what, yes, I'm still making progress. Yes, I'm still making more money. Yes, my business is growing. But the reality is, is that That is being diluted. Mm -hmm. There's, and it's a respect thing. Yeah. Like it's, I'm a big believer in respect. I will respect someone else. I will, I will be a good person. Mm -hmm. Right. But for me, it's like the system in itself is taking away from that. Why am I working so hard only for it to be diluted and for some of that work to be chucked in the bin? Mm -hmm. Because that's the reality of what's happening. There's money going in my bank account, but most of it, not most of it, sorry, that's wrong. But there's a a small percentage of it that's being diluted every single year.
0: And And Greg Foss did the math behind it all as well. So our money is being diluted at 12%. And how you get 12% is if you apply a a 3% coupon rate, which is basically you're paying, say, 3% on whatever interest there is on uh, the debt that has been created within society for mortgages and to fund infrastructure and all these sorts of things. Then you p- apply a conservative growth uh, target of, say, 4%, which is very, very conservative, uh, knowing that debt is increasing at more than 4%. If you times those together, that's how you get 12%. Mm. So this is how much the central banks are printing every year just to cover those expenses, uh, to just to cover that debt. Uh, or the interest, sorry, on that debt. So that's not even paying down the principal of that debt that that's has just been to created. Keep up. Yeah. So if you're not growing your money at twelve percent, so this is including via your business, um, or whatever it may be, your property, or uh, your really superannuation, or anything like that. If you're not growing it at more than twelve percent, you are being diluted. Yeah. You're basically and that's breaking scary. And that's why. So the whole notion of having a million dollars by retirement, it's invalid these days because what you probably need now is two and a half million. In the space of a decade, you need at least probably two and a half times what
1: uh, the old acceptable uh, amount was.
0: And that's a scary thought.
1: It's actually quite interesting, right? Like my uncle bought a house. um, I'm not going to say where or anything, but I think it was for around $180,000 20 years ago. Mm. It's probably worth $3 million, $4 million at the moment. That's hyperinflation. And it's like, like, you know, you actually think to yourself, how does something actually become more valuable? Well, yeah, it's like, well, it has to become more desirable and it has to become more scarce, mm-hmm. right? So that's, what, that's how we create value. Mm-hmm. And if you, actually, you have to actually connect the dots, right? So, so why would something become desirable? Well, it's because something else has to be, you know, uh, indesirable. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's not desirable. And it's like, okay, well, why is a house so desirable? Right, and it's because you know when we lived, we grew up and, and, you know in a in an, a, a, an age where technology wasn't what it is right now. You know, like the '70s, there just wasn't technology. So it's like the only option they really had back then was a house. That's how you built you built wealth. You, you started to um, you know um, accrue value, right? So and and it's the same principle. Right? It's the exact same principle. It's like, well, because they, they started printing money, subconsciously something becomes desirable because that's the way that I can earn money. And built into us as humans is, hey, like, you know, you should mate with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I want you to mate with me. Like, that's a big part. We, if we want to propagate the species, mm-hmm. then we have to be desirable to a particular subset of humanity. Yeah. Uh, and a, a, a particular subset of that is, is wealth. Yeah. Like, I want to know that if I'm marrying someone, I'm gonna feel safe mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And, and that kind of factors into the whole psychology of value, especially as it relates to property, except right now we're in a digital era, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's where things are starting to change. Um, and there's just an unconscious belief in a system that is always robbing the next generation, you know? Um, and that's what's, I mean, Scott Galloway talks about that a lot, and mm. he's someone that we both listen but to. But th-
0: so the difference between the two assets so if you compare real estate with, um, say, Bitcoin right now, so the same thing, we're going through the exact same thing right now, except Bitcoin is something that's more accessible uh, as opposed to property, because property, um, the median price here in Melbourne is probably a million dollars for a house, uh, and that's only going to continue to go up. The same thing, exactly the same thing is happening with Bitcoin in that uh, things are scarce and people, the demand is high for these things. Um, And so the same thing applies with property because there's obviously so many property within a certain suburb that you want to live. And so, uh, and the continued demand for those things has caused the price of those assets to go up and people will put themselves into debt Um, in order to get into these things, which then causes the price of these assets to increase even further. But now we're looking at the same thing happening with Bitcoin in that there's a scarce supply um, that is hyperinflating at the same rate because there is the same amount of demand, but because you can buy fractional components of it, it makes it more accessible. Whereas property, you can't actually do that. You have to go all in on this one thing, whereas you can own 0.0001, uh, Bitcoin, sort of thing, and so this is why Bitcoin is more accessible, um, and it will just have more um, more use cases in the future.
1: It's interesting though, right? Because I mean that's hundred percent correct, and but the way I look at it is also is. Oh, uh, you know, look how accessible property would have been in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like you—you know—you were paying probably. But 50 wages were
0: growing at a similar, if not more, than what they—they
1: they are now. Obviously. Yeah, but so the deposits back then were nothing. Yeah, but you would pay a lot more interest, which mm. actually, by its nature, makes it more accessible. Mm-hmm. And if you look at someone who bought a house in this in the fifties, and and you look at right now, mm. they would they would have had that paid off. Yeah. Right they also it also would have probably 10x'd mm-hmm. yeah in, mm-hmm. in in its in the in its um in its value. Yeah. And I think if you can cross that over now, and again, let's just keep it in principles. Like let's me and you believe in Bitcoin, right? But for a non-believer out there, you can you just gotta be able to read between the lines and, and you know, you look at what Bitcoin's at right now, it's it's almost a representation of of what would have happened after those first world wars. Yeah. You've got an asset that is accessible it's 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 becoming common mm-hmm. right and 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 trusted within a particular system and uh, because it's accessible and because of the nature of what we know happens with the printing of the money you know that it's going to hold its value mm-hmm. which means it's going to obviously go up in value and i think that's in a really basic form why investing in some type of uh, like I know people that you know the reality is if you got into property probably before we went into the pandemic, you've done pretty well and you can leverage off that and and obviously buy more property and you're going to build wealth mm-hmm. like we're not got we're not saying that you can't do that no. but we're saying more for people that aren't in that position. There's a really big opportunity out there right now to invest your money um and you know, w- whichever asset that's in, you know, we 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 are, we're Bitcoin guys. We're, we're definitely invested in Bitcoin and and um, a, as an asset. But you know, I'm still looking to get a property. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still invested in stocks. You know, so I still think of my my portfolio weight has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm still you know invested in some stocks because I, I actually love the companies. But yeah, I think it's just important that we understand why we should invest. Um, not only, because I think that's the thing that people miss. As I said earlier, yeah. it's like people think that investing is graphs. It's hard. It's um, you know, it's just about uh, putting your money in and, and being up on um, day trading. I think that's the general yeah. consensus yeah. of it. And I think when you understand why and I, that, what the conversation we just had then you're probably more inclined to put the effort in that we talked about at the start where it's reading the articles, investing in long-term companies, investing in fundamentals, mm. but understanding those fundamentals because if you don't, you get left behind.
0: Well, also, when it comes to day trading, you have to realise that you're a very, very small fish in a very, very big pond. And so it's all stacked up against you. You're playing, you're playing a game against guys who have billions, if not trillions of dollars uh, and they've got way more experience with the new two. And so they're the ones who are playing the, the short-term volatility. And so if you're trying to play the same game, you, there is so much information that you don't actually understand or know uh, as opposed to what these guys know. Uh, and so this is why when it comes to day trading, oftentimes people get burnt or even if you're just playing the short-term game where you're just trying to invest for in a company for, say, a year, you don't know whether it's going to go up or down really. Um, but if you play it out, knowing that there's a good executive team in place, there's people actually working for these companies who are putting in that blood, sweat and tears that you are as well for your job. Um, over time, that's what creates value.
1: In hindsight, and, like, you know, like for, for people that are listening though, right? It's like, if you're just getting into investing, you're not, you're not day trading, you know? Like it's, I mean, there
0: is though, like, this is this whole notion around what's going on with the Wall Street bets and everyone investing their stimulus money. You know, so these are people who are brand new to the markets who have been day trading, like the whole notion of Robinhood. People are doing options trading and, and actual day trading every single day, which, God, it's bloody risky. Yeah. And they're ultimately like, yes, you're having some short term success, but you're going to get That's burned. That's a job, though. State.
1: Surely it's a job. Hardest yeah, like job there's in a the lot world. more in time investment into that than what they're, oh, not necessarily. I mean, the research side of it takes up time, but I mean, the, the stress that comes with, with kind of having to watch this thing regularly oh. and, like, if you've got a job <laughs> yeah. or you've got a, you know, you've got um, a business or, or something of that nature, I, I mean, again, I, I'm Think not Think about t- how
0: much stress money causes you in your day-to-day life. Imagine you've got that money on the line in front of you and you're looking at these uh, red and uh, green candles. It is stressful. And this is coming from someone who's been doing it for years. I... Do not do it anymore because the amount of stress and anxiety it gives me,
1: honestly, it just, <laughs> it'll cause you to have a heart attack. So I think, I mean, this is our first investors podcast and I mean, I think it's it's really important for us to be able to do this because I think the conversations that we have uh, will we'll will make an impact on someone's life at yeah. some level uh, yeah. and, and probably give them a chance. You know, I think that's what this is about, giving someone the opportunity to, to listen into a conversation that might allow them to just take that first step. Yeah. Um, so all in all, um, obviously, is going to be a regular on the podcast, uh, which we're really excited about. So, you know, we're not going to announce anything yet because we're not sure. But I think the biggest thing out of this is we want your feedback. Um, we really, you know, reach out to us on Instagram reach out to the page on Instagram, um, You know, leave comments on the YouTube channel. Um, whatever, any feedback that you can give us is definitely something that we want to hear because um, if this is something you want a little bit more of, we need to no, know um, because then we can factor it in. And yeah, uh, we'll in, dive deep as well. Yeah, into our content hub. So um, big thanks for, for joining the team. No worries, um, thanks for having me. And we're super excited about it, so... We're going to end it there, guys. If you enjoyed the episode, as always, subscribe um, to either YouTube, podcast, um, share it with your friends, do all that stuff because we really appreciate it. it. Allows us to to start to expand what we can do and get you know world class guests on. Um, but uh, until next week, be safe.